Hello, people. Welcome to another episode of Conspiracy 420. This is episode 78, and we are talking about a very strange conspiracy, too. Even until today, people deny it, and that's the New York Conspiracy of 1741. And this continues our Black History um, Month, and this is a conspiracy show dedicated to Black history. Um, what do you have for us, Mike? Yeah, um, the Conspiracy of 1741 is also known as the Slave Insurrection of 1741. Um, you know, hi historians to this day, like you said, they, they kind of, you know, don't agree exactly what happened here, what kind of conspiracy it was, or how in-depth it was, okay? Uh, when I get into this, you're going to see just how crazy this is. Um, you also got to like, put, yeah. What's it like black people are a little more free, like in New York and stuff? They really didn't have well, that much slavery. Well, and that's what I was finding this like a little. And you also have white people, poor white people that were helping the slaves. Yeah, well, they, they, what happened is by the time 1741, uh, New York City was the second largest major city with slaves with the most yeah. amount of slaves so uh, charleston south carolina i think was the most okay which i, I think i do mention that and uh this was you know we weren't america then we were a british colony okay yeah, this is like this is years away from and, and they did you know the, the, yeah i mean this is this is yeah this is uh many years away from that yeah. and many years away from the civil war okay but i mean there were always slaves in new york Okay, you, you know, they've found over the years burial grounds in Manhattan and stuff like that uh, for slaves. Um, in 1741, the boundary for New York City was Chambers Street. Yeah. Anything north of that, man, you were in like no man's land. <laughs> there was nothing there, just wilderness. Okay. Wow. It wasn't a central park. There was nothing. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know... Uh, it's the slaves in New York had probably a little more freedom than they had down South. Okay. But you had this kind of intermixing of slaves and poor whites and what was called indentured servants, which were usually Irish men or women that were just a notch above being slaves. They owed money to somebody. So they'd have to come work for them. And, uh, you know, until they paid it off and, you know, it, it took, it took years for that. So you had all this going on. And of course you had free, free people of color. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just was like, a, and everybody was competing for work. So you had slaves that were doing the work that free, poor, you know, poor whites were doing. So you had this kind of animosity between the two. Okay, why why would I pay a guy, a white guy, what I can get a black guy to do for half price, even if he's a slave? You know, so you had this economic struggle going on in the city and politicians, just like today, it's no different. They they use these, you know, angles to put, pin everybody up against each other to stay in power. Okay, and that was going on then. And there were slave insurrections in the past. Yeah. Um, but let me get into this a little bit so you understand what I'm talking about. In in 1741, um, Manhattan, like I said, had the second largest slave population of any city in the 13 colonies. The first was Charleston, South Carolina. Now, 
rumors of a conspiracy arose against a background of economic competition between poor whites and slaves. And slaves. Yeah. Right. And also you had at that time, there was a, um, a very bad winter in 1741. And there was a war going on between Spain and England. Yeah. Okay. And it created a lot of anti-Catholic and anti-Spanish feeling in the city and throughout, throughout the whole British Empire, pretty much. Okay. Um, there were slave revolts that year or around that time in South Carolina and also in St. John in the Caribbean that they were hearing about. Okay. So in March and April of 1741, there was a series of 13 fires that broke out in lower Manhattan. Um, the most serious one was at Fort George, which was at the very tip of Manhattan, lower half. And that's where the governor of New York lived. Yeah. It was a big fort. He had a big property in there. There was, um, I think, believe there was even a church next to it. That was just for him. Okay. And um, when they put it out, they, you know, people were like, wait, this, you know, this is arson. They knew somebody said it. And then another fire broke out not too long after that at a warehouse. And a slave was seen running from the fire. Okay, running from the scene. And then there was a 16-year-old Irish indentured servant named Mary Burton. Yeah. He got arrested in a case of stolen goods. Okay, involving that. But she turned state witness. The, 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 the lawyer in charge who I'll get into, he... Uh, he got her to, to talk, okay? And she started testifying that there's this conspiracy going on between poor whites and blacks, okay, to basically burn down the city. Yeah. That was, they were going to burn the city down and kill all the white men, okay, <laughs> and, then, and then take all the white ladies for themselves, okay? Haven't they heard this before? Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then they would appoint a new governor themselves. Actually, okay. that's a new king and governor. Even a new king, right, right. So, I mean, it sounded outlandish, but people actually worried about this at the time, these things happening, okay? Remember, they're on the other ass end of the world from, from England. There ain't a lot of help. You got some troops here, but they were all, you know, you got a war going on. You know, you got to wonder there there wasn't much security. You, you also got to think that the only way, the only weapon they really had, they couldn't get like a bunch of muskets. They probably just got, the only way they could do stuff was burning stuff down, start fires and start chaos. And yeah, yeah. And, and, and it sounds, it down. it sounds silly. Oh, you're going to burn the city down. Yeah. Manhattan you, did burn a couple of times. Yeah, okay. Manhattan, I mean, you, you, you know, remember, like, like even in uh in that movie Gangs of New York, that was the that was the draft riots in 1863, and you know they burned most of the most of Lower Manhattan was burnt down yes, at that time. Yeah. So in the spring of 1741, uh, fear had really gripped the city as these fires started to happen uh, in uninhabited areas too. 
okay? Um, areas maybe north of Chambers, they were seeing the forest burn and things like that. Now, the suspected culprits included hundreds of slaves, yep. free blacks, and poor whites. 172 of, of them were arrested and tried for conspiracy to burn the city and murder its white inhabitants. Now, in the end, 34 people were executed. They included 17 black men, two white men, and two white women were hanged, okay? And 13 black men were burnt at the stake, okay? And in a very eerie resemblance to the Salem witch trials, okay, of the of the previous century. That Dude, and some people got exiled too. Yeah, yeah, some right. Some people would be. Some people were, were thrown out. Uh, they would. They were told never to come back. Okay. Um, the bodies would send back to um, Caribbean slave owners. And yeah, that would happen. Were, and there were, there were <laughs> to understand to understand that if you got sent to the Caribbean as a slave, it was not a good place. No, <laughs> no, it was not good. Okay. Now the bodies. Of two supposed ringleaders, um, one guy was named Caesar. He was a slave. And then there was uh, a guy named John Hewson. Hewson, yeah. Yeah, and he was um, a white man, uh, a cobbler, which I believe, if I remember my history, a cobbler is a shoemaker, right? Yeah. Okay. He was also a tavern keeper. All right, Rob, like you, okay? A bartender. Exactly, okay? And they were gibbeted. At the end of the trial. Now, gibbeted is when you're hung in public, okay, and you're left there to hang, to make a message, to send a message, yeah. okay? And you basically stay there a while until you start rotting and no one can take it anymore. Then they take you down, okay? Uh, now, another 84 men and women faced uh, deportation, okay, all together, and yeah. seven white men were actually pardoned but they were pardoned under the condition that they would leave and never come back never come back right now with the increase of enslaved africans in new york city during the early decades of the 18th century there were occasional slave revolts or, or fears oh, yeah. of, of them happening yeah. um often what would happen is different political factions fan that flame of fear Okay, they would say things like, oh, you know, there's going to be a, a slave rebellion, you know, and scare people into getting them to vote for them or things like that. Okay. Now, by 1741, slaves comprised as one in five of New York City's total population of 10,000 people. So you had 10,000 people living in New York City at the time. It seems like nothing now. That's yeah. like, that's like a couple of blocks now, you know what I mean? But in the whole city from Chambers Street down, 10,000 people, but 20% of them were slaves. It's a lot of slaves compared to That's people. That's a lot of slaves, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, on an average of every two to three years, you would hear about plots happening, okay, uh, to have slave rebellions. So some New York City residents remembered in 1741 about the new york slave revolt of 1712 that was still yeah. kind of in the back of their minds um at that time in 1712 20 slaves 
meant to destroy property and kill people in retaliation for how they were being treated. All right. Now, one slave called Kofi set fire to his master's outhouse. Okay. And when neighbors came to put it out, the slaves attacked the crowd. And killed. And, and killed a people. bunch of people. Right. Nine, nine white people and injuring six. Um, the governor tried these these men and executed 21 slaves altogether in That's that. Lot, man. Think about 21 slaves. Yeah. You know, and they hung them probably. Mike, you want to hear something funny? You notice that this got a little confession to um to um to uh but um return to the planet of the ape. Who was the head of the guy? Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> Think about yeah, I mean Caesar, and there was a guy named Caesar. He what is that name always? And like, like when you think about a revolt or something, somebody named Caesar that leads the pack. How funny! Yeah, is that? yeah, I don't know because it's just kind of like a warrior name, I guess. I guess you know? so. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> Julius been, Caesar. Yeah, his name could have been Jimmy or whatever. Ah, fuck, I'm Caesar. It's yeah. pretty funny. You know, take what take a warrior name if you got a choice. You know, yeah. but so executed twenty one slaves as savages. Yeah, yeah, and that was just for burning down an outhouse and attacking a few people. Right, so they, they I, if anybody doesn't know what our house is, it's pretty much a bathroom. It's a bathroom, an outside bathroom, yes, yep. for the young people out there. Now, with more slaves in New York at this time, poor whites had to compete harder economically. Some slaveholders were artisans or tradesmen themselves, and they would teach their slaves to their trades. Okay, wow. whatever it was, carpentry, you know, whatever it was. And they could subcontract out their work and underbid the poor whites. Yeah. Okay. And this created, you know, racial and, and economic tensions. Yeah. Okay. Between slaves and, and the white craftsmen that knew how to do the work. Okay. So many white people would lose their businesses over this. This, yeah. this procedure okay so it was really just kind of like a recipe for disaster happening okay and the winter of 1740 to 1741 like i said before was was very miserable food oh, and food and fuel were, were hard to get um temperatures were at record lows and snowfall was at record highs okay so it wow. was really a miserable winter um, <clears throat> many people faced either freezing to death or starving to death as an option. All right. It really, you know, if you didn't have any, women, <laughs> yeah, it's just either way you're dead. Um, it created a lot of resentfulness. They, people were resentful against each other. They were resentful against the government and who's in charge. And, you know, and people were sick and tired of it. Um, rumors again of a slave revolt were very high. Okay, in these kinds of times, they would hear about that. And you would understand why the slaves would want to revolt because they weren't eating either. Okay, they were starving to death or freezing to death too. So to make matters worse, Britain and Spain were now increasing their hostilities. And it did cause that anti-Catholic sentiment. Prior to this, in 1691, uh, the British crown had uh, basically ordered 
all New Yorkers to swear oaths under something called the Test Act. Okay, and the Test Act basically, you know, yeah, well, what's that? They 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 couldn't they couldn't have any allegiance to the Pope. Okay, even if they wanted to practice Catholicism, they they had to say that you know they didn't they didn't swear allegiance to the Pope. All right, yeah. and eventually, they, they, you know, there would be a, a straight up ban on Catholicism. You couldn't have a priest. Yeah, you couldn't have them. They, they couldn't exist in New York City. Um, you know, it's funny because you think that, you know that, what? that would get, if you did have a priest, guess what? They would get life from preaching. Yeah, right. If they, they found if, if you were a priest practicing in New York City by 1741, you could go to jail forever. Mike, I want to bring something up. And it's like a little kind of formation of like the KKK. They're like anti-Catholic, anti-this, anti-that. It's like a weird formation of some kind of, you know, Ku Klux Klan kind of thing, if you think about it. Yeah. Because when, when did the Klan come into power? The, the late 1800s, after the Civil War. right after the Civil War. Yeah. But this thing sounds like, you can see the roots of it, where they got some anti-Catholic, anti-Spanish. Well, like, Look, I mean, before before there was even colonies, when the Europeans were just over in Europe, okay, you know, they had these kinds of fights. There was the Thirty Year War between Protestants and Catholics. Oh yeah, you know, if there was something to fight about, the the Europeans fought. They they they, they invented that shit. Okay, as far as you know, fighting over stupid shit, ethnicities and religion, and you know, I mean, Henry the Eighth. You go back to the 1400s. Henry VIII was Catholic, right? But yeah. he wasn't. He wanted a divorce from one of his many wives. The Pope wouldn't let him have it because it's against Catholicism to get divorced. So what does he do? He starts his own church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just started cutting his, his his wives' heads off, you know. But you know, it, it they they've they, there's always been that kind of warfare. Okay, and 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 tensions, you know, and it it just followed over into the new world. Um, two years prior, in seventeen thirty nine, actual war did break out between England and Spain. Um, and again, a, a crazy subject. It was called the War of Jenkins' Ear. Yeah, that was very I, weird. And it was from seventeen thirty nine to seventeen forty eight. That's nine years. Oh, nine years. Okay? And all it was was that um, some Spanish ships, they boarded uh, a merchant marine. Robert. His, yeah, his name, was, his, name, his name was uh, Robert Jenkins, okay? And when, he, when they boarded his ship, they cut off his ear, and it started the war between the two countries. I mean, that's nuts, right? That's crazy. That's kind of was. That's because they cut some dude's ear. Somebody's ear off. He probably had it coming anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, now at the time, um, Spain was was viewed by slaves as a liberator, a liberating country. Okay, uh, there was a treaty from 1713 between England and Spain called the Treaty of Utrecht. Yeah, and what it was was the British supplied the Spanish with an unlimited unlimited amount of slaves, okay, in return for 500 tons of goods every year. 
It's a lot of that's a lot of food. Food and supplies. Okay. So the reason that they're seen as liberators is many, many times if you were involved as a slave in this kind of trade, if you got traded to the Spanish, eventually you would be set free. Somewhere. But I think I think you will have to join the army or serve them. Yeah, you might have to you're right. You might have to do something for that. They may say to you, serve you know, four years in the in, in the Spanish Navy or whatever, and you're free. And you're free. Yeah. Which so is not then, a bad you know, deal. Not a bad deal, considering, right? Yeah. Now, because of the war with Spain, the British planned to attack Cuba at some point. Okay. Cuba was a, a colony of Spain. Now, what they were gonna do was they were gonna use soldiers that were already stationed in New York City. And they, when they did that, it greatly reduced the amount of troops in New York City at the time, which yeah. had a lot, you know, it had a lot of people concerned, okay, because they were worried about slave rebellion and other things. Um, so now, the troops were pretty much like the cops, right? Well, they were they were troops. They were you know redcoats. Yeah, but did they have cops back then? Did they have like law enforcement? Yes, yeah, they they were called constables. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, in 1741, they decided to crack down a little bit with some laws because uh, they were worried about slave rebellions. They said slaves, you know, couldn't meet on street corners. Uh, three slaves could only be together at one time anywhere. Um, if there was a funeral, only 12 were allowed to go at one time. Um, there was I other... I think we still got rules like that in the law. No, you you can't unlawful and separate. You what do you mean? Have a group. You can have a group of more than like 20, 30 people meeting somewhere without like a license or something. It's well, unlawful, yeah, unlawful and separate. Yeah, unlawful yeah. I mean, or unlawful gathering. It's, it's weird stuff like that. It's weird law even to today in New York. No, City. there's a lot of there's a lot of weird laws on the book in books in New York City that they just don't enforce anymore. Yeah, they don't. Enforce they're, they're still there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you have too many people, they may ask for a permit, you know, or if it's a protest, you might have have asked for a permit or be allowed to. May not cost you anything, but you still yeah. have to get the permission. Yeah. So anyway, um, the government, you know, was was basically trying to do what it could to 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 stop people from being afraid of of this possible slave rebellion. So. There was also a problem of a lot of stolen goods going on, a lot of stealing going on, because there wasn't enough supplies to go around. And John Hewson's Tavern, okay, which was on the, the Hudson waterfront near Trinity Churchyard, if you could picture that right there, not too far from the Trade Center, um, a lot of people were saying that, that you know, he's he's dealing with stolen goods. So the city council decided to investigate this okay and also the neighbors didn't like him because he served kind of like you know scummy people okay uh he also had like uh slaves could meet there and he would serve them which was not supposed to do that okay you weren't allowed to serve slaves alcohol okay wow um paul whites met their free blacks met there 
and soldiers hung there, hung out there too. All right. Now, cops for a while started, or I should say, constables. They weren't cops. They 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 started watching him, and at first they couldn't find anything. He was very slick. Yeah. But at at one point, um, in February of 1741, they did catch him for receiving stolen goods from Caesar the slave. Okay. Mm. Okay. And there was also another slave named Prince. Okay. Uh, and a third slave named Coffee. These three guys, okay, Caesar, Prince, and Coffee, were part of what was called the Geneva Club. Okay. And they were called that because they had been busted once before for uh, stealing Geneva gin. Yeah. Okay. Gin. Yeah, and they and they actually like were whipped. I think in a public square or something for it. Okay. Yeah, imagine that they just whip you like savages. Yeah, just just like right right out in the open. I know. Oh. It's crazy. So um, there was a guy named Daniel Horsmanden. Horsmaiden. Uh, he was the main city judicial officer appointed by the British, um, and one of the three justices in the court. And then a leader of the investigation pressured a 16-year-old indentured servant named Mary Burton, okay? She testified against her master, which was John Hewson, okay? She was able, they they were able to flip her, get her to talk, and basically said, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's receiving stolen goods, um... During the grand jury for this, when the grand jury was hearing it, the case, 13 fires broke out in the city very suspiciously while the, while the grand jury was going on. Now, keep in mind, this was in the papers. It was a big thing starting. Okay. Wow. So on March 18th, 1741. The day after St. Patty's. Yep. Yep. And they did celebrate it that, 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 that time. They did. Yep. That's how old, old it is. Yep. People didn't like the Irish too much either, believe me. Um, On March 18th, 1741, Governor George Clark's house in Fort George caught fire. Um, Soon there was a a connecting church on the property that caught fire as well. And they were able to save like some documents of the city and stuff like that that was kept there. Um, eventually these documents would all be kept in city hall, but at that time they were kept in the governor's mansion there. Okay. Now a week later, more fires broke out near city hall, but they were kind of put out quickly. Um, after that more fires increased and a lot of awesome was going on in different places. Um, in a radical kind of attempt to control the situation, A hundred slaves were jailed, and basically they did that to try to control any kind of uprising. They didn't think a hundred people were involved with it, but they just jailed a hundred of them in a sweeping move. But you got to think there were probably more than a hundred people involved with this. They were like tactical, almost tactical fire. Well, when I get into when I get into when I get into the numbers, you're going to see what what happened here. Okay. Um. Horsmanden, the the prosecuting attorney, put a lot of pressure on Mary Burton to talk about the fires. 
and she swore that members of the Geneva Club used to meet frequently at Houston's home. She oh. even she said that they, you know, Houston and them discussed burning the city. Okay. Now, another woman named Margaret Sorabiro, she's got a couple of names, Margaret Sorabiro, also known as Salenberg, also known as Kerry, also known as also known as first name Peggy, or she was known as the Newfoundland Irish Beauty. Okay. <laughs> she was she was implicated by Mary Burton for arson. Okay. Now this woman, we're gonna call her Peggy, she was a prostitute. And she served black guys. Yes, she specialized servicing free black men, okay, and slaves. And the room she lived in was paid for by Caesar the slave. Wow. Okay. And she had a child with him too. Okay. She was his baby mama. This guy Caesar was getting around. He was getting around and he was a slave. And he was a slave. <laughs> so Mary Burton's testimony didn't prove that any crime had been committed. The grand jury was so afraid, though, of of more fires occurring that they decided to believe her. Okay, wow. I mean, she was just saying this. There was no proof. Okay, it was hearsay. So the lieutenant governor, you know, jumped jumped the gun again and issued a proclamation offering rewards to anyone providing info on who set these fires. And there were there were financial compensations for this. A hundred pounds went to any white person, forty-five pounds to any free black person or an Indian, and twenty pounds um, and freedom would go to a slave if he could provide information. So such prices, I mean, you know, at that time people would go like, Yeah, I I, I know, I know something. Okay, they just I know some. You just go down there and line up. Okay. So on May 2nd, the court uh, the, the court found Caesar and Prince guilty and gave them the death penalty. Okay. The next day after that, seven more bonds caught fire. Wow. And two black men were caught, and there was no trial. They just were burned at the stake. Okay. That was the basic shit back then. If they catch you, they didn't need a Well, it was, it was street justice, man. It was street justice. Yep. They just yep. take them to the corner. Yep, just burn them at the stake. How horrible is that, man? Oh, that's Get, horrible. Yeah, yeah. So on May 6th, the Houston's and Peggy, the prostitute, were found guilty of burglary charges. Uh, when I say the Houston's, I, uh, Houston's, I believe it was John and I, and maybe his wife or, you know, they, yeah, they yeah. I'm not really sure, but, um, some blacks had actually been imprisoned in dungeons and they were starting to talk. Okay. When they heard about the rewards, um, on May 11th, Caesar and Prince were both hanged. Cause they okay. didn't talk. They kept their mouth shut. They kept their mouth shut. Okay. But you know, after gathering much more information now, Horsmanen started more trials. There was just one after another related to this, different offshoots. 
And Coffee and another slave named Quacko were the first to be tried. Uh, That's a great name, Coffee and Quacko. Coffee and Quacko. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, I mean, you think like Columbo or something would know these, yeah. you know, Columbo. <laughs> so these two were the first to be tried. And they actually had their masters speak for them, which was a, you know, in those days, if you were a slave and your master spoke for you on trial, highly of you, you usually got off, okay, for whatever you were being charged. Didn't work in this time, though. Yeah, they were just throwing them in jail, they, man. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were throwing the book at everybody. Um, before, I should say, uh, you know, but before these two guys were 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 uh to be hung quacko and coffee they decided to talk okay and they basically named about a dozen more co-conspirators to the fires and the the planned slave rebellion and all these things wow. okay so more trials followed and more hanging and more and more state murder. yes right and the Houston's and the prostitute Peggy were tried on June 4th, and they were found guilty and sentenced to hang eight days later. Now, at the height of the hysteria that summer, half of the city's slaves over the age of 16 were implica implicated in the plot or jailed. The epidemic of mutual incrimination became so extensive that the courts were closed for the rest of the year. In other words, everybody was ratting everybody out, and they just couldn't keep up with it, okay? And some of it was just because they were going to hang you, they were going to execute you, or if you wanted the reward money. So everybody was just angling for themselves, okay? And everybody was getting locked up because of it. The jails and were... There, and there was hanging in the summer. It was like all summer long. They were just yeah, hanging. they were hanging people like crazy, okay? So um, then Hosmandin, uh, the, the, the head lawyer, uh, he decides to take a twist on this and he tries to link Catholics with the fires. So now he's not only just after, you know, the, the, the slave population or maybe poor whites that are doing this. He's now exactly. going after any, any Catholic person. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And Mary Burton was brought in again because all of a sudden she Rob all of a sudden yeah. she remembered okay she remembered that a man named John Uri was a plotter as well okay and she testified against him and she accused Uri of being a Catholic priest which would oh, have been a death, that would have been a death sentence okay so he admitted that he was not a religious man. He he was away from the Church of England. He didn't practice. Okay, but he said he was not a priest and he didn't know anything about the conspiracy. So Horsmanden also claimed that he had a letter from the governor of Georgia named James Oglethorpe. Uh, I believe Oglethorpe founded the colony of Georgia. Okay, he was still the governor. And he was he wrote a letter to supposedly he had a letter from him saying that Spanish agents were planning to uh, invade 
you know, and create chaos in the British colonies. Okay. And this created further hysteria. Okay. Among, uh, you know, not just in New York and other places. And, uh, in that, in that action, John Uri was convicted. The guy, the guy wasn't even a priest. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't even in, a priest. in the hysteria of it all, he was, he was convicted. And, uh, after that, the fears kind of started to die down a little bit. Uh, things had kind of ran their course. Um, Mary Burton started to take it a little too far, okay? And 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 uh, horse maiden because after the Catholic you, priest thing, you think this is this lady just started getting back to people that just didn't follow her? She just I think she was just full of shit. Oh, so you think she was just? I think she was just. I mean, it may have been some truth, but I think she she embellished quite a bit. Okay, and banged the prosecutor. Say, hey, I want this guy out. I want that guy out. Maybe. Well, well, you'll see what it is too, because when I get into it here, okay. Now, what Mary Burton started to do was blame the upper class. She started to blame certain people in the the white upper class of being co-conspirators. And that wasn't going to fly. So politicians and the city leaders started to put pressure to close the case, which eventually happened. Um, by the end of the trials, 161 blacks and 20 whites had been arrested. From May 11th to August 29th, 1741, 17 blacks and four whites were convicted and hanged. 13 blacks were burned at the stake. 70 blacks were exiled forever from New York City. Seven whites were deported. And in 1742, here's the kicker, Mary Burton got her $100 reward from the city, which bought her her freedom as an indentured servant, and she had some money left over. Okay, now <laughs> tell me she did not do that for the money. She did for her money and freedom. Yeah, but how many people did she... She killed. Savage. Savage. Terrible. 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 Yeah. Now, many of the executions were conducted near what was called the poorhouse at the north end of the city, which was Chambers Street. Now, north of there, like I said, was a wilderness, but there was an African burial ground right near there. And uh, it was actually rediscovered in 1991 when they were building 26 Federal Plaza. Okay, I don't know if you remember that in the news. I when remember they found that. that. Yeah, um, it's now it's now a national landmark. Okay, but you know it's a little interesting piece of of New York City history. Uh, you just sometimes you forget that there were slaves here. Okay, a lot of the very old buildings in New York City were, were built by slaves. Okay, uh, you had the indentured servants also. Okay, um, you know, th there's a dark past there, you know. So I thought this was a kind of a cool story to bring up. It's funny, the three women in here were like Mary, Mary Burton, Sarah Hugginson, uh, and Peggy Carey were women that three Peggy women whose testimony was, was interesting, the outcome of the of trials. Right. The slavery so these people were also telling on each other after a while. When there's money involved, right? But two, 
two two out of the three women got hanged. <laughs> yeah, the only one that the only one that made it was uh, Mary Burton. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty incredible. So, yep. So that's all I got today, Mister Rossi. Even that guy, that guy uh, Earl, um, he got hanged. The school teacher. Yeah. Fucking savage. That was just imagine yeah. that every every weekend you went to the poor city and. Ooh, what we see? Who hanging today? And you know that was like a extravagance. People yes. sit around and watch that thing. I mean, even in you know, I mean, you hear stories like in the old west and stuff. You know, hanging on a Sunday after church. You know, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all right, let's go. Let's go check it out. I don't know. It's that's crazy. Funny. Yeah, so that's the first part of uh, Black History Month, and it's the um. It's the conspiracy, the New York conspiracy of 1741. Think, think about it. If it is a conspiracy, why, why, if you're a New Yorker, why would it want to bury this history? Like, no, nah, that never happened. It's, it's, it didn't really, but it did happen. Where you got it, the it, it, books it's almost like a, it's almost like a perfect mix of, of truth and conspiracy <laughs> because a lot of these people were innocent and, and they were obviously just being blamed so they would get paid. Okay, but then you did have people actually doing it. So there was a there was a rebellion going on. It's just how big how big it was is 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 not accurate. You know. You know what's the funny thing? For all you know, that girl Mary could have been the ringleader. Just joining who knows? The people. Yeah. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? You know. Especially in those times. Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's pretty interesting. So um, this is another fine episode of Conspiracy 420, episode 78. And uh, we'll continue back history with the next episode, which will be 79. And who will talk about the next episode? Okay, we got a special one here. Uh, Marie Laveau. Okay, so, for anybody that's been to New Orleans, you definitely know who she is. She yeah. was the voodoo queen of the city in the 1800s uh interesting interesting story we're gonna have there um we talk about a little voodoo magic things like that yeah we're mixing it up with rock show so we got two rock shows dedicated to black history we got um sun ray and um sun ra and uh, sun ra and then we got mal davis so black right. history will be considered two rock show and two conspiracy show so people uh, remember, if we don't see you this week, we'll see you next week. Okay. What do you want to say, Mike? No, I was going to say don't get drunk. Get lumped up. Okay, take care, people. See you next week. <laughs>